Yassus, and welcome to the Greece Travel Secrets podcast. Your host is the founder of the Greece Travel Secrets website, Sandy Pappas, and she's joined by a variety of guests covering all sorts of topics about visiting Greece and making the most of your Greek odyssey. So, welcome, big welcome to Amanda coming to us, or should I say Calimera, coming to us all the way from Rhodes in Greece. Thank you for inviting me to join you today. Well, thank you very much for your time. So, Amanda, as we can hear, you have a British accent. Whereabouts are you from? Um, I'm from the southwest of England, from the UK, uh, but I've moved around a lot in my life, and I've moved around the UK a lot in my life and the world, and now I'm in Rhodes in Greece. Well, lucky you. And how long have you been in Rhodes? Uh, we've been here for seven years this year. Wow, that's quite a long time. So, what made you just what made you pick roads? Well, um, long story short, my parents retired here um, oh. quite a while ago, and we were living and working in the Middle East. I was in Qatar. My husband was in Dubai. We were commuting between the two countries. He got a job in um, Nigeria where I couldn't follow him. And he was working six weeks on, six weeks off while I was working in Qatar. And he would come to Qatar for his six weeks off. And it really wasn't a very nice place to be spending six weeks while you're working long hours. No, I can <laughs> so imagine. We decided we were, it was time for us to leave the Middle East. We'd been there for a number of years in different countries. And we wanted to have a base in Europe. We then discovered that my parents actually needed some help. So that's when we thought, right, that's it then, let's, let's go to Rhodes, go be near them. And we had the chance to do that for a while, so we came. Seven years later, we're still here. They moved back. To the oh, UK. okay. I was going to say, are they still there now? But no, they've gone back. Yeah, they've gone back now. And, and how's it all worked out for you? I mean, no regrets? Are you staying? Uh, no regrets at all. We've loved it. It's been amazing to be here. It's also been a real privilege to have those years with my parents that so many people don't get to do, to be able to take that time and really just be there for them, um, which was amazing, really. And as for the future, we will be moving on from here, but that's the secret at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, that might be another episode. And what did you do back in, in the UK? Um, well, a number of things. Before I left, I was a teacher. I was a teacher in um, an inner city school in South East London, in Greenwich. Um, and same old story, teaching in the UK had become a very difficult thing. Governments were changing things. I couldn't earn enough money either to live in London. It was that it was really difficult. Rents were very high. Mm. And I decided it was time to get out. Mm. Um, so... I did. I, I just went for it. I, I took a job in Kuwait and never looked back. And and what do you do now for a living? I mean, I know I know you have a travel blog. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I have a travel blog. Um, it started out as a more of a personal blog, uh, letting family and friends know what was happening as we were moving from Qatar to Greece. Um, and then it's kind of developed from there. There's there's travel around Greece. Um, recipes that I found along the way and a, and a bit of expat life and living here too. It's, it's called Olives, Feta and Uzo. Olives, Feta and Uzo. Three of my, well actually no, two of my favourite things. I just can't do the Uzo. I'm not very good with that. <laughs> and how's that all going? Have you had um, 
you know, do you find a lot of people have been really interested in the expat aspect of your your writing and your your stories? Definitely, yes. Um, the travel pieces around this island, particularly, because there was so little written in detail about some of the areas of the island. A lot of people would go to the main holiday centres, um, to Rhodestown, to Lindos, but they didn't know much about the rest of the island. Yeah. So to be able to go to the other villages and, and to put some more information on there and, and more information about life here, the Greek perspective as well, getting to know the locals, getting to know the culture more, people have been really positive about it and about the history, the, the more modern history of the 20th century. Because the history is quite fascinating, isn't it? With the Knights Templar and the castle. Oh, there was the Knights Templar, there was the castle, then there was the Ottomans. Um, and then later, of course, in this century, we, in, well, no, last century now, there was the Italians and then the Germans. Yeah, it's a fascinating part of the world. I think um, I was just writing today, in fact, I published um, only an hour or so ago a long article about Hios, which, as you know, is up in the northern Aegean, uh, also very close to Turkey and has a very colourful and quite sad um, history. Uh, you may know about the, the massacre of Hios and, uh, you know, all those centuries really of conflict between those two those two countries luckily I guess these days we live in modern times where things are not quite so um, desperate and you know fractious oh, I can see your I can see your cat there <laughs> looking at you that's, that's one of our cats we um, we brought three cats to Greece with us from the Middle East and they're still here they're loving life being Greek cats now this, this one's our one. <laughs> Very cute. So, um, so Amanda, how have you integrated into life in Rhodes? I mean, are you are you fluent in Greek now? I wouldn't say I'm fluent. No, not by any means. It's a very difficult language to learn. Um, tell me, I'm tell me about it. I'm an English teacher. So as soon as Greeks come across me, they want to learn, want to, me to teach them English, or they want to practice their English. I get by. I get by in the village. We live in one of the villages in the hills, and I can locals in the shop and in the village cafe and in the taverna and I use Google Translate a lot. Yeah. I try, I think, is the, is the right way to explain my Greek. It's, it's trying. Do a lot of people speak English there? Yes, they mm. do because it's a tourist island. Yeah. Um, and most people are working within the tourist industry. Yeah, I've, I've found that, God, all over Greece, really. It's only in the really remote villages that I've, I've found it. Um, difficult. I, um, you know, I'm married to a Greek. I should be much better with the language than I am. But every year we go there, and every year by the time I come home, I think, oh yeah, I'm really getting the hang of this. And then you come home, and we don't speak it again, and you just and I just forget it. So um, I'm trying to do some lessons yeah. at the moment, but losing a language, you lose it so quickly. That's true. And even my husband John says the same. He he is fluent. But even when he goes to Greece, he goes, oh, I've forgotten the word for that thing. I just can't remember what it is, you know. And he also says that they know straight away that he's not from Greece. So, um, Well, of course, they get, it's, it's the same as us. We're, we're, we're both, you and I are both first language English speakers, but we can tell where in the world come from when speaking English. Of course. And it's the same for, the, for any language. Tell me about uh, a little bit more about roads. I know, I mean, I've only ever heard great things about it. I know it can get pretty busy in summer 
as you say, in those main tourist areas and, and the big beaches. But I don't know, what would you say to people that were thinking about coming to Rhodes for the first time? I think I'd say that this island has a lot to offer many different people. So if you're a family coming to Rhodes, there's resorts to stay in, there's lots going on on, on the major beaches for children to do. And you've got such a mix of different accommodations to choose as well if you're bringing a family with you. I think if you're on your own and you're more of an island hopper, there's a whole other side to this island that many people, many tourists never actually see. If you hire a car and get out really explore the island and go to the sites that the tourist hotels are not on, then you'll see a completely different side to it and it's beautiful. I hear, um, I think you and I were talking before about Simi, which is very, very close, which we will be visiting this year. But I've also heard about an island called, uh, is it Halki? Yes, yes, Halki is very close here. We've got, we've got three islands that are relatively close. There's Halki, Tilos and Simi. Okay. And all three of them are very different from each other. Oh, really? That, I don't know about you, but each island we've been to has just been so different from the last one. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I try to say to people, they're similar, but they're different. Um, I mean, of course, there's a lot of similarities, and particularly between the groups, as you know, whether, you know, you're in the the Dodecanese or the Cyclades or the Ionians or wherever, certainly the different architecture and, you know, the influences from, uh, as you say, the Ottomans um, in your neck neck of the woods. But then you get those different dialects and the the, um, the the meals and recipes that are native to a particular village or even a particular person. <laughs> um, oh, indeed. I mean, here, you go to a different village and the Pitarudia is completely different. Um, and and you, you end up you know, with your favourite ones. We head off to certain villages to go and have that made by that lady in that taverna because she makes the best one on the island, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Amanda, I remember last year you did some uh, really good work with those puppies that you found and you got involved, I think, by accident, sort of in charity work, really, or, or animal rescue. I did, I did. I've, I've done two, a couple of different charity things on the island since I've been here. So yeah, the, the puppies, I'd been working away for a few months in Istanbul and came back and, and found these puppies just outside my gate, really, near a little great church that's opposite our house. Um, and I couldn't leave them you know it's, it's that whole thing of, of they were crying they were young if I'd left them they would have died it was that simple yeah. um, and I just decided to put it on the blog and tell people and say look there's these little guys here help me find homes and we did we had all six of them very quickly actually I was really surprised um, four of them to people on the island and one in the UK and one in Belgium and how are they all getting on are you in touch with those people Yes, yeah, I am. Um, one of them actually is in the village with a, um, a, a British lady who retired here and he comes and visits on a regular basis and plays with our dog, who is, who is Greek, so yeah. oh. <laughs> it's well, great to see good. him. Good for you. That's really lovely. In fact, I had someone on my uh, page today asking about volunteer work and someone else was asking about turtle rescues and you know there's a few turtle sanctuaries around Greece as you probably know so there's a lot of I think opportunity for people if they want to get involved in volunteer work and um, yeah I certainly encourage it. Yeah there is there's a, um, a few really good charities doing work on the island here ones with dogs and ones with cats 
Um, and there's also people doing work for human beings as well. There's um, a really good charity that's, that's been set up in the last the last year or so, actually, helping people or trying to raise awareness of healthcare issues on the island. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware, but healthcare in Greece has taken a toll with the financial crisis, and, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. are trying to improve things and make things better. Mm. It's interesting. Um, I've had a couple of friends that have had accidents in Greece or or have been ill, and they all say the care that they have received has been outstanding. But, of course, they also were all, all insured, which was very important. And um, I'm not sure I'd, I'd want to risk it in Greece or, or many countries, actually. But we even had uh, one of our daughters was once quite ill on Hios and... We got in with the doctor straight away. He was the nicest man. We got, you know, I think, I can't even remember what we paid him, but it was a very small amount compared to what we would pay back here in Australia. Yeah. So I know the people are certainly well-intentioned, but as, as you know, the funding um, is just not there, right, to, to get the, no. the right care to the right people. Exactly. Um, 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 in the south of the island, the medical facilities that are available are few and far between. And they were cutting back on them further, despite the fact that there was building of more hotels down this area. Um, so a group of, of Greeks and, and mixed nationality experts have got together and set up a charity, and they have already made a difference. They um, stopped the closure of a, of a local small hospital, and hopefully we're actually going to get an ambulance permanently in the south of the island. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. People had to wait an hour for hours for ambulances crazy isn't it because there's certainly people that are trained out there that would love those jobs as well um what's the what's the name of the charity amanda it's it's called mars i'll um, give you the link that you can um, put on your on your podcast for your followers terrific thanks for that okay um there's one last question i wanted to ask you you talked earlier about teaching in istanbul for a while and i know that Rhodes is located very close to Turkey, you can catch the ferry to and from uh, the Turkish coast, can't you? Yes, so Turkey is really close. Um, there's lots of different ferries we can take to the different areas, and I've noticed that the, the locals will actually go across and go shopping. So if you get on the right ferry going across to Dacta, they um, take trolley bags with them and go shopping for food in the market because it's so much cheaper than here. Oh, really? Um, with the, mm. the financial problems that Turkey's got, the exchange rate is so good for us to go across there and go shopping. Yeah, that's that's worth uh, thinking about. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I mean we've we've been to Turkey. We drove around Turkey um, a couple of years ago and, and loved it. Although I have to say, my Greek husband complained about the food the entire time. He kept, you know, no, saying. But it's so similar. Yeah, I know. No, he kept saying, oh, "This is just." This kebab is just savlaki without garlic, <laughs> without or without lemons. So, um, I think he was much happier once we hit Hios, um, where we got we got the ferry there over from um, from Chesme in, on on the Turkish coast. Yeah. Okay. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time. I don't think I have any other questions for you, but we will find you, and and listeners can find you again at Olives Feta and Uzo. Indeed. Thank dot, you very much. Dot com. And I think you've got a Facebook page as well. And Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
Well, terrific. Well, thanks very much for joining me and um, and being also my guinea pig for my first international interview. Thank you. Okay. Yasas.